homesteaders, and welcome to the TLC Mini Farm Podcast, where we discuss all things related to urban homesteading. I am your host, Tawny Fan. Welcome to episode number two of our podcast. Today, we will be talking about the pandemic and its direct correlation to a resurgence in homesteading activities since March of 2020. 2020 was the year of growing, making, and baking. So what is the reason for this huge increase in homesteading activities? Well, there are two simple answers. One, it was the fact that everything was sold out, both in the stores and online. And two, because many of us had more time and we needed a distraction or hobby to fill that time. Now, besides things being sold out and being stuck in our homes, You and I and everyone else who were used to a world of plenty had to think about things like food security and the supply chain. We had to examine our reliance on a multitude of products, things that we needed daily or weekly. We started to see where these products were coming from and how the economy in one part of the world can impact people around the world. So as a result of these shortages, People wanted to ensure that their family had everything that they needed. And not knowing how long the disruptions and shortages were going to last, people really embraced the idea of self-sufficiency or at least being semi-self-sufficient. Hence, there has been an increase in the number of people in the past year engaged in homesteading type activities like growing their own food, keeping chickens for fresh eggs, canning, sewing, baking bread, and so on. Even though I consider myself to be an urban homesteader, there were definitely some new skills that I picked up since March of 2020 to broaden my knowledge in homesteading skills. Some things were learned out of necessity and others were learned just for the fun of it. One homesteading skill that I learned out of necessity was how to sew a mask. If you were like me, you had a hard time finding any masks once the CDC recommended and advised that we wear masks to help contain our respiratory droplets. Luckily, I already had a sewing machine that I had purchased about 12 or 13 years ago, and it literally was just sitting in the closet collecting dust. Right after the CDC announcement, Walmart, the world's largest retailer, went from having a 100-day supply of sewing machines to just five days worth of inventory in only 24 hours. So that statistic alone shows how many people picked up sewing because of the pandemic. I also was lucky that I had some cotton quilting fabric that I had purchased years earlier for a few sewing projects that never happened. And if you're a crafter of some sort like I am, you know what I mean about having unfinished, half done, or never started projects. Now the only thing that I could not find was elastic and that was pretty much sold out everywhere. But a few things that we learned during this pandemic was how to problem solve and how to be resourceful. I ended up making masks with fabric ties using strips of fabric. I know others who are using hair ties as well as cutting up strips of yoga pants to make the elastic ear loops. Once I figured out what pattern I wanted to use and how to sew it, I became a mask making machine, sewing masks for myself, family, friends, and healthcare workers. 
I was a one-woman sweatshop in our home office trying to sew as many as I could with the fabric that we had on hand. Now, it was April, but I used up whatever fabric we had, including Christmas, Valentine's Day, and St. Patrick's Day prints. Everyone pretty much giggled when I gave them a mask, but were nonetheless super thankful at that time and proudly rocked those masks. So the making of masks for me, as well as others, turned into learning how to sew. And we even learned how to sew other projects once fabric was readily available again. I started making zippered pouches, placemats, and drawstring bags. A friend of mine started making pajama pants and bowl cozies. Another friend shared that she was making cloth napkins and totes. Now, we probably would not have pulled out the sewing machine if it weren't for the pandemic and the need to wear masks. The demand for masks definitely reignited an interest for an age-old skill. The other big boom in homesteading was an interest in keeping chickens since eggs were hard to find at the grocery store. With the shortage of eggs and meat, there were a lot of people looking to raise chicks. Businesses that sell chicks, coops, and other supplies saw a surge in demand since the pandemic took hold in March of 2020. And similarly to sewing machines, incubators were sold out during the initial weeks of the pandemic. We have been raising backyard quail for fresh eggs since 2017, but one thing I had not learned how to do was how to incubate and hatch my own chicks. Luckily, I ordered my incubator the first week of March, about two weeks before most states had stay-at-home orders, so I was able to get my hands on an incubator early on. For us, we only had hens at the time, and so I had to get my hands on some hatching eggs if I wanted to try my hand at incubating. That was fairly easy since I'm connected to a lot of other people on Instagram who raise quail and are more than happy to either ship you eggs or share eggs with you. My friend Trish helped me with all of the incubating details, from the temperature of the incubator to the ideal humidity range to how many days it would take before they hatched. This was a great learning experience for me, going through the process and seeing the chicks peck and push their way out of their shells. We were able to hatch two separate batches of eggs in 2020. One batch of quail chicks went to a friend, and the second batch we kept for ourselves, and that hatch has been providing us with eggs ever since. Now I can check incubating eggs off of my homesteading bucket list, and I can say I've added one more thing to my homesteading toolbox should I need to hatch quail or chickens in the future. Now some people were able to find chicks from breeders and began their backyard chicken journey, learning about the care of chickens along the way from how to set up a brooder box for the chicks to setting up a chicken coop. I remember being that person in 2014 when we first got our chickens and boy, there is a lot to learn when you are new to keeping chickens. Back then, we started raising chickens for fun, but with the pandemic, it seemed people started raising chickens out of necessity. Whether for fun or out of necessity, there are definitely more people today raising backyard chickens, and possibly quail, than before the pandemic. Another area that I saw a huge interest in because of the pandemic was bread making, namely sourdough bread since bread and yeast were sold out and hard to find at the market. 
Flour was also a very hot commodity, with one flour company seeing an increase of 2,000% in March of 2020. With that increase in sales and the increase in social media photos of focaccia and banana bread and sourdough loaves, I know I was not alone in doing more pandemic baking. Bread making for me was not so much a need, but more of an area of interest to expand my homesteading skills. Luckily, before the pandemic, I had a big stash of yeast in my freezer. But for those who did not have yeast, sourdough starter was the answer. If you had a friend who had a starter, then you were in luck. If not, you could make your own starter from scratch or buy a dried starter and bring it back to life. It took me a while into the pandemic before I jumped on the sourdough trend. Mainly because I was worried about the idea of feeding this thing and feeling responsible for it like it was a pet of some sort. After all, yeast is a single-celled fungus that is alive. But after watching a few YouTube videos and getting a quick tutorial from my friend Dana, I was ready to try my hand at baking with sourdough starter. Dana graciously shared some of her starter with me, and I have been able to keep Arnold Schwarzenegger alive for the past couple months. It's funny that people name their starter, but it's totally a thing. Look it up. Anyways, a sourdough bread making has its own vocabulary and lingo, as well as a few very specific items associated to bread making, such as proofing baskets, a bench scraper, and so on. So I can definitely see why one would be intimidated to even take on sourdough, but once you get a feel for it, it is pretty easy. It's really just a process that involves time and patience. If you're interested in learning more about baking with sourdough, I highly recommend watching a few video tutorials so that you can hear the explanation by different people so that'll give you a really good sense of how it all works from keeping the starter alive to how to actually bake a loaf. I plan on having a future podcast episode to share more details about bread making using both yeast and sourdough so stay tuned for that episode if you want to learn more. But here is a quick tidbit about bread making if you have not attempted it yet. It only takes four ingredients to make bread. Water, flour, salt, and yeast. That's it. And if you want to try your hand at baking an artisan bread right now, you can check out my artisan bread recipe in the show notes for this podcast episode at tlcminifarm.com. Speaking of being in the kitchen... It seemed another area of interest during the pandemic was cooking. I have always been comfortable in the kitchen, but pre-pandemic, I must admit, we were eating out a lot or just picking up a quick meal here and there after a long and busy day at work. With the initial safety concerns with COVID and having the time at home, we went back to making all of our meals at home. We were not alone as many others were rediscovering or discovering cooking during the initial stages of the pandemic. People had the time to research recipes, watch tutorials, try out different cooking techniques, and experiment with new ingredients, all while saving money by dining in. 
cooking our own meals was also a healthy distraction as it gave us a sense of control while taking care of one of our very basic needs in life. According to one study, 58% of the survey respondents reported they felt their cooking skills improved during the pandemic, and 7 out of 10 respondents reported that they intend to continue cooking at home and dine out less once the pandemic is over. Now, we're in the same mindset here on the mini farm as the pandemic did reset our normal for us and eating out daily was not something we wanted as our normal routine. It does take planning and commitment to prepare most meals from scratch, but just with everything in life, if you make a plan, you're more likely to meet your goal or objective. If you have no plan, then you're left scrambling at the last minute asking the question, what's for dinner? And you know when you're tired and hungry, the last thing you want to do is get in the kitchen and whip up a meal. So we normally just order out or pick something up. My final topic for a resurgence in homesteading activities due to the pandemic is gardening. Gardening was the second most popular activity during the pandemic, coming in second to watching TV, which probably includes watching streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Disney Plus, just to name a few. But let me repeat that statistic because as a homesteader who started with gardening, I think this is awesome. Gardening was the second most popular activity during the pandemic. This explains why so many things were sold out in the first few weeks of the pandemic, including seeds, compost, soil, growing containers, and various other gardening supplies. The rate at which people took up gardening has not been seen since the victory garden movements of the First and Second World Wars. As someone who's been gardening since 2008 and wanting others to get excited about growing their own food, this newfound interest by many to begin their own gardens is really a wonderful thing. Whether people picked up gardening because they saw empty shelves at the store and worried about food security, or they took up gardening as a hobby because they had the time, this newfound interest is good all around. People see now how easy it is to grow their own food. They are able to consume fresh produce that is free of harmful chemicals or pesticides and are now probably exposed to more varieties of fruits and vegetables. Another benefit to growing our own food is that it takes us one step further away from relying on the industrialized food supply chain a chain that has questionable growing practices and a system that negatively impacts the environment. The increase in the number of gardeners in 2020 itself is exciting enough, but the data shows that 86% of those who started gardening in 2020 plan to continue with it in 2021. And the fact that many seed varieties from some of my favorite online retailers are already sold out at this point in early spring, that is telling that people are still interested in growing their own food and flowers. Besides the satisfying harvests that come with gardening is that the idea that gardening really did provide a healthy distraction for many people during the pandemic. It helped people to cope with stress by getting them outside. It gave people something to do and to learn about. It gave people a sense of hope and to have something to look forward to. 
Gardening is good for the mind, body, and soul. And for many of us who have been gardening for a long time, we like to think of it as garden therapy. It's no wonder that so many people took up gardening during one of the oddest and hardest years in recent history. Of course, there were many other homesteading activities that people took up during the pandemic, like learning how to can and preserve food, make pasta from scratch, build their own things around the garden and home, like raised beds and chicken coops, and some people even learned how to do things like make their own almond milk. This list could go on and on and on, but you get the idea. The fact that we had time on our hands and that things were sold out caused us to think, problem solve, and in doing so, learn. And as we were all growing, making, and baking throughout the pandemic, we have a lot more people today who can consider themselves homesteaders. Although 2020 was memorable and historic for many things, some good and some bad, there are always silver linings. And some will look back and say things like, we started raising chickens in 2020, or my homesteading journey started in 2020 when I started growing my own food. Thank you for joining us for episode two. And if you have not done so already, please click the subscribe or follow button. You can visit our website at tlcminifarm.com and you can connect with us on Instagram at tlcminifarm. Message us on Instagram after listening to this episode and share with us what things you have started doing and have learned since the pandemic started that has led you to be more self-sufficient and self-reliant. What things are you still hoping to learn and do? We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, happy homesteading, everyone.